What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report, brought to you by RocksPile.com. I'm Kevin Henry, one of the site co-experts. Thank you so much for joining us and saying thank you for joining us as well to my dear friend and fellow site co-expert, Noah Yingling. Noah, how are things in Ohio today, my friend? They're doing well. How are things going out in Colorado? Good. You know, there's been a little baseball being going on. And uh, with that in mind, got a special guest with us today, a gentleman who made the trek up from beautiful Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, one of our contributors and a, a good friend of mine for a long time. That's Dwayne Dupron. Kevin, it's great to be on board today. Glad you were here. So, Dwayne, you were there. The other night when Nolan made his triumphant return to Coors Field, uh, maybe not in the box score, but at least uh, in the hearts and minds of all those there, uh, what was kind of your reaction to the reaction that was given to Nolan? Well, it was quite a night. Uh, I think a, a lot of people uh, didn't know what to expect, uh, you know, as far as uh, Nolan's first uh, trip back to Coors Field um, after his trade to St. Louis. I think you could feel the electricity in, in the air. Uh, I'm not even sure, you know, no one knew what to expect. Uh, he was uh, quizzed, uh, yep. uh, you know, quite extensively by media uh, about his return and all. But uh, uh, you could just feel uh, the atmosphere. There was an anticipation of uh, uh, no one, uh, you know, taking the field. And uh, I think there was a, a big precursor to how uh, – uh, Nolan was to be greeted, uh, uh, you know, once the game began. But uh, before that, there was a uh, video tribute that was played on the uh, uh, stadium video board, and uh, that was uh, warmly received by the yeah. uh, the people in attendance, both the uh, Rocky fans as well as a good number of uh, St. Louis fans who had uh, made the trip. Uh, but then, uh, when uh, Nolan came to bat uh, there in the uh, the top half of the first inning, uh, uh, you know, he was uh, uh, greeted by a very very warm uh, uh, ovation, uh, you know, standing ovation by many people. And uh, I think, uh, you know, they were just glad to see, uh, you know, somebody that many considered to be still one of their own uh, coming back to a place where he had spent eight years uh, of his career and had, had uh, accomplished, uh, you know, 
multiple uh, uh, number of feats uh, during his time here as a Rocky. Absolutely. And, and Noah, I know you watched it unfold, uh, you know, uh, through, through mass media. Uh, how did you watch it, listen to it, and what was your impression of it, man? Um, well, first off, it started with Bud Black, because I was on the call, on the Zoom call with that. And um, to be totally honest with you, I, I kind of thought he was over it right away. This was on Thursday, because that was the first question asked to him. And he was, they, he was asked, do you think he's going to get a standing ovation or something to that effect? And he said, I think he'll get a big ovation. That was it. That was the end of it. Yeah. And then the, the, it was Patrick Saunders who asked him. And he was like, uh, can, can you elaborate more on that? Uh, yeah, sure. And then he went on a little bit longer. But um, body language wise, it seemed like he was just like, okay, let's, uh, it's just the normal day, guys. Yeah. But then he did get um, a few, um, shall I say, poor questions where, like, for example, someone asked if the Rockies would still try to be, if they would still try to win on Thursday, even though they were facing Nolan. Mm -hmm. I, that's, I mean, come on. Um, so the Rockies obviously did win, but um, I did see that Bud Black, um, I believe it was pregame yesterday, um, he had a conversation with Nolan and all that. Yeah. But uh, there were some people, as the three of us know, who were hoping that Nolan would get booed, which I, I didn't foresee happening. And it seems like it was like 95% cheers and maybe 5% boos, um, which is about what I expected. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he would be a little bit, I, th I thought the energy would kind of get to him at the plate and he would have a good game and he did not. No. Um, maybe the energy got to him in a bad way. Who knows? Um but yeah, it was it was interesting to see that unfold, especially um, I know you had a picture recently where it was right outside of Coors Field with the All-Star Game banner and they have it right there. Not many people were happy about that, understandably so, um, because the way that he left um, and not necessarily on his part, it's just the Rockies front office part and fans having to see him in a Cardinals uniform. Yep. Yeah, and, and I thought it was real interesting because, you know, Joshua Fuentes uh, said that whenever he went to St. Louis and it was the first time that they had seen Nolan in a Cardinals uniform, that he kind of got caught up in everything and, and it kind of affected how he played in that series. And it really made me wonder, as you mentioned, Noah, that if Nolan kind of got that, it was a little bit of the reverse, actually. Uh, yeah. You know, we're recording this before Saturday's game. No one's one for eight, I believe it is, so far in the series. So not a not a huge homecoming, but he's gotten very good ovations the last two nights. And, uh, Noah, one thing that I found real interesting was you, you mentioned the booze and how some media members were expecting it. You know, there's a local radio station that solely covers the Broncos, let's just say. Uh, <laughs> and they videoed one of their hosts booing Nolan at Coors that night. And we're very proud to put it up there. And it just made me go, this is how out of touch you are with every other sport that goes on in the Denver area. Well, and that's the thing with a lot of other outlets in general. And we get it here. Cause I'm, I'm in the Cleveland 
uh, media market and it's just all Browns. Like you would never know that the Indians existed. Um, you got some a little bit in September and October of 2016 where, oh, this team might actually do something. And then ever since, uh, it's really been nothing. Um, part of it is the Indians just choke in the postseason, and that's that's just the Indians for you. But um, even with the Cavaliers in 2016, you got a little bit of it, but it was, oh, the Browns are going to be 10-6. and six. No, they stink. <laughs> they're going to be a one in 15 team. And sure enough, they're one in 15, but it's every year. Oh, they're going to be 10 and six. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to get the Super Bowl. They're going to win. No, relax. There, you know, there are more sports than the NFL. Yeah. And, and so I listen, I'll just point blank say to the other sports radio station here in town. And they talk about all the sports, which is why I listen to them. But anyway, uh, on the drive-in, they were talking to Derek Gould, who's one of the beat writers for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch for the Cardinals. And he was talking about what a baseball town that St. Louis is. Yeah. And he has Denver ties. And they were talking about, you know, could Denver be a baseball town even during the All-Star game, everything else that's coming up? You know, and, and for I think for a brief few hours, Dwayne, baseball will be king in Denver, but then the Broncos will likely – take back over the airways with who's going to be the third starting uh, right tackle or whatever. Yeah, that's bound to happen here in, in Denver with the, the Broncos being uh, uh, as, as solid as they are with uh, in the community with their tradition and history and uh, the Super Bowls that they've won and all. Uh, but, you know, baseball is going to have a, an opportunity to, uh, to take the forefront at least, uh, you know, for a few days. And yeah. I think that uh, for people that uh, who may be um, – if even if they're not Rocky fans or even if they're not big baseball fans, this is an opportunity to really take part in the, um, you know, one of the premier events in sports and certainly uh, in baseball uh, beyond the World Series. I mean, oh, yeah. the All-Star Game is an opportunity to uh, uh, just see a, a cross-section of all uh, the different uh, players from the teams around the, the leagues that are going to be here and uh, to see the talent that they have. And and all the, the associated events uh, around the game itself that are going to be taking place, you know, the, uh, the celebrity uh, um, softball game, the, uh, the futures game, uh, and then uh, other events that uh, fans themselves can, uh, uh, can take part in themselves and, uh, and be a part of and, and see while they're here. And all. it's a great opportunity, I think, uh, uh, for um, fans of baseball as well as those maybe that are just on the fence that uh, um, maybe a lot of people who are, who are solid, uh, you know, Broncos fans to, to come out and, and take part in. And be a part of something that uh, can truly, uh, um, you know, put uh, Denver on the map. And uh, for those days, uh, those five or six days surrounding the game and all with all those events, uh, really uh, uh, get a chance to see, uh, um, you know, what the impact that baseball can have on the community uh, yeah. during that time frame. You know, and, and we've talked about Nolan. We've talked about the All-Star Games. So let's talk about those two together because we know Nolan is officially going to be the starting third baseman for the National League at Coors in a St. Louis Cardinals uniform. Uh, Noah, is that going to be weird? Or is that going to be just, it's the all-star game, so it's kind of a neutral game anyway? Um, of what it seems like, it seems like there's going to be a lot of Rockies fans who are going to be there. Um, so I would not be surprised if he gets a lot of cheers just because of his Rockies ties. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it will be a little bit weird. Um and I mean, it's even for Rockies fans now, especially the first series in St. Louis, 
people are like, oh, he looks weird wearing that jersey. Now, naturally, Cardinals fans, they were the exact opposite. They were like, oh, he he looks perfectly fine. And seeing him in a Rockies uniform and highlights, that's weird. Um, But, yeah, I I think it'll be a little bit awkward, but I don't think it will be too much, especially since this is happening before uh, this series, I should say. If the series was happening after and that was his first time returning to Coors Field, I think it'd be a little bit more awkward, but it isn't. So, but I do want to mention one other thing too, how we were talking about Denver being an NFL town, and this will be a larger discussion for another day, possibly. I think it's that way in a lot of towns, unfortunately, now where MLB has lost ground on their marketing stuff, especially considering they play 10 times more games than the NFL does you would think that they would have a little bit more traction. I mean, look at the 70s, 80s, even early 90s, where MLB was king. Now it's not. How many baseball towns are there? St. Louis? San Diego has to be because they don't have any other sport now. Yep. New York is. Do you you think New York is a Yankees town more than a – I, I think they're Yankees and Mets town. I don't think they're not the NFL team stink and the NBA, they it's, eh. yeah. but I, I think it's more of a baseball town though. LA maybe I think less so now since they actually have some NFL teams, it was more so a baseball town when it wasn't, but I mean, how many other towns are baseball towns anymore? Mm-hmm. No, that's a good it's a good point and and i think that's a great topic for another conversation who knows yeah. maybe, maybe for a good article on rockspile.com i don't know just a shot in the dark there uh speaking of articles on rockspile.com when we get back after the break we're going to talk to noah about an article that he wrote regarding the all-star game and we're going to have a little debate among us about who might represent the rockies when the midsummer classic comes to town you're listening to the rockspile rockies report brought to you by rockspile.com and we are back, Kevin Henry, uh, one of the side experts, joined by fellow side expert Noah Yingling and contributor Dwayne DePron. Gentlemen, I'm just going to ask you a point blank question. And Noah, I'm going to start with you because you wrote a great article on rockspile.com about who should represent the Rockies at the All-Star Game. And while I don't want you to give away too much about your article unless you want to, who do you think is going to be that representative for the Rocks at the Midsummer Classic? Um. As I mentioned in the article there, the Rockies have a lot of candidates that are right on the border. They don't have anybody like a Nolan Arenado where, okay, he's, he'll be there. Um, or, I mean, for the last decade, the Rockies have, some, have either had a starting pitcher, Ubaldo Jimenez, or, uh, or somebody else. And I believe it was 2013, if I remember correctly. The Rockies were not a good team that year, but they had three guys in the starting lineup in the All-Star game. The Rockies don't have that now. Part of it is, especially on the road, the team stinks. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. But for everyone else, I mean, in the lineup, uh, part of it is the lineup. That the lineup's not that great. So part of it is, too, in the last few weeks, you've had the 
uh, tide turning, shall I say, of, okay, these guys started off slow and now they're heating up. And then the guys who started off hot have since cooled down. So they're meeting in that middle ground right now where you're like, eh, okay, I, they, they have to have a representative. So like, for example, Herman Marquez, he started the year with an ERA of something over six. And at the time, I mean, if you would have thought of, yeah, I think it was 621 or something like that. That was through his first seven starts. Obviously, that's not an all-star level. But if you look at his 10 start since, he has an ERA of two and a third. Subtract one of those starts, which was in Cincinnati, where he went five innings, gave up 12 hits, nine runs, eight earned. His ERA and the other nine starts is one and a third. That's an all-star level. But you do have to consider what he had before. So is that the all-star level that you're looking for? He's got an ERA of 362 right now. ERA plus, I believe, like 124. That, that, that's close to an all-star level. So could he be in the all-star game? I, th- I think his chances are definitely a lot higher. Um, could he be their only all-star? I would contend right now, probably. No, I, I think you're spot on. But Dwayne, what do you think, man? Well, I agree with Noah. I think that uh, of the the Rockies, uh, uh, particularly with the recent performances uh, uh, taken into consideration, I think uh, Herman is probably the uh, uh, the best candidate, uh, you know, to make the roster for the Rockies. Uh, I think, uh, you know, other possibilities. Uh, one I'll mention uh, uh, is Ryan McMahon. Although, uh, you know, Noah mentioned the, uh, those players who uh, started strong and then tailed off over the course of the, uh, the, the first half of the season, I think uh, you could probably put Ryan in that, uh, in that category. He got off to that great start, uh, uh, had a, uh, a flurry of home runs there uh, during the early part of the season. And, uh, but here, a recent, uh, over his last 15 or 30 games, uh, his batting average as well as his uh, home run production has come down. Uh, uh, he has, you know, uh, had some good uh, – you know, played appearances and uh, and uh, chipped in and, and helped the Rockies, particularly uh, at home with the uh, success they've had at home. But uh, I think that he falls in that category of, uh, of you know, quick start. But, uh, you know, since then, uh, having tailed off, and I don't think uh, with the, the level that he's playing right now, consistency-wise, that uh, he can make the club. But he's certainly somebody that, uh, that can be uh, considered as a possible uh, yeah. uh, addition to the roster. And, and I think that with Ryman, if you looked at him in a vacuum and, and didn't look at any of the other second baseman slash third baseman, wherever they decide to maybe put him, uh, you know, knowing his versatility, there's a chance. But I think whenever you look at all the other candidates that there are at those positions, they really do overweigh on the whole what, what Rymack's done this year. And I think if he had performed at April levels throughout May and June, then, then it'd be a no-brainer. You know, if, if he was up there, you know, because he had eight home runs in April alone. And we're all sitting here going, okay, maybe he's figured it out. Maybe he's, you know, and and then obviously that has tailed off since. Um, you know, and, and I know that there was some bubbling up uh, for Rymel Tapia during his hot June start. He has absolutely cooled off since that. 
so I, I think that if you take it all into consideration, I think Marquez is the guy. Uh, you know, I, I think that he was going to get a chance to pitch at Coors Field. He'll, he, I, no way he's going to be the starter. Uh, I can't imagine that. Because um, I know if uh, we were counting the other night in the press box, he has a Sunday start here in Denver. And then if he goes five additional days, that would be likely Friday in San, San Diego, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either Friday or Saturday, depending on what they do with the off day. So then to turn around for a Tuesday, I mean, it's possible. But but I also think that there are also other Stat-wise, yeah, there's just better yeah, guys. There are. There are. I, and I think if a DeGrom doesn't get a chance to start the All-Star game, of course, health-dependent. Uh, I think everybody would love to see DeGrom get up there, especially what he did in his one previous course field appearance already this year. Now, for the all-star starter, considering DeGrom is slated to start on Sunday, I don't think he'll be the guy. But one guy who obviously not as quite uh, sexy of a name, but if you look at his background, it would be an interesting story. Kevin Gosman. Great point. He is second in the NL in ERA at 168, and he is from Colorado. Great point. I like that. That's actually a really good Mm -hmm. storyline. I I think that's really good. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to me to watch, and I know it's not just Rockies fans who are going to be there. It's going to be baseball fans, but a majority of home fans will have the opportunity to be there. Are they going to cheer for the Giants guys? Are they going to cheer for the Dodgers guys? You know, I mean – Cheering for Nolan's different than cheering for the rest of the Cardinals, too. Uh, let's be perfectly honest. And I think even cheering, uh, they might even cheer for Gosman, considering he's from Aurora. Yeah. But are they going to cheer Max Muncy? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> they have blood running down their lips yeah. as they did it, I think. So. Yeah. By the way, too, on Ryan McMahon, how you were talking, how he was really hot in April and May and June he hasn't been. Eight home runs in April, but since May 2nd, he has had eight home runs. So we're talking two months now. Yep. He has hit 227 with a 305 on base and a 432 slugging. Is that an all-star for you? No. And and, and here's the thing, and, and make sure you check out my article on rockspile.com because I talked to Ryan about this. And, and one thing about Ryan Mack is that he's very open and honest. And and he even told me, he said, I know the numbers. I know I'm struggling right now. He's very aware of what's going on around him. And his whole thing right now, he could care less about the All-Star game. But he cares about making sure that he gets a swing back. And I know that, that is his focus in, rather than, you know, doing any champ, uh, championing behind the scenes to get a spot in the All-Star game. And also, too, he's talked about how – I believe it was in May where he was struggling at the plate and he, he was very open on what he thought his issue was. And we wrote about that on the site as well. So if you haven't read that, check it out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something he even said, I think it's going to be a problem for the rest of my career. I'm just going to have to be more cognizant of it. Um, but yeah. And how you were talking with him, he's, he's, always been a very open guy and very talkative of how the game works or how it works for him and where some other players are not like that. Um, I mean, like we had the story with him when the Rockies won their first road game and he won the MVP chain. Um, and he was 
almost like a little kid on Zoom. He was like, I, I don't even remember what happened. I just won it and I was so happy. Yep. No, that's that's a great point. And and Dwayne, you've you know, you've seen the the rocks these last couple of days and and obviously some of the issues that we saw, we're recording this on Saturday before the Rockies and Cardinals play on Saturday night, but going back to last night's game, you know, you and I talked as we were walking out that this is a this is a bullpen that if they have one or two missing pieces, there there's a lot of trouble. And and uh, unfortunately that that reared its ugly head last night. Yes, it did. And it was uh yeah, it spoiled a um, a tremendous uh uh, pitching performance by uh, Chichi Gonzalez, who uh, went seven innings and uh, gave up just uh, uh, two runs on a uh, two-run homer that he uh, gave up to um, uh, Molina. Uh, it was, uh, you know, difficult to uh, to watch in person, uh, you know, or to see uh, uh, what transpired there in the, uh, you know, in the ninth inning with the um, with the one-run lead. And, uh, and we also talked uh, last night that, uh, um, you know. The Rockies uh, missed out on a great opportunity in, in the the rat bat before that ninth inning. They're in the bottom of the eighth when they had runners on first and third with uh, only one out, and uh, um, you know, weren't able to get uh, get a run across. It would have given them a two run cushion going into that uh, top yeah. of the ninth inning. It but uh, yes, yeah. it would have yeah. certainly made a difference. But uh, you know, it's it, you know, and with the way things worked out with the pinch hitter that uh, uh, they brought in when they brought in Fuentes to pinch hit in the uh, uh, in the ninth spot, which uh, um, with uh, Shashin on the mound, that that took him out of the game. So they brought uh, Justin Lawrence in uh, uh, to pitch the ninth, and you know he, uh, uh, you know, just uh, uh, gave up a couple walks that uh, that set the table for uh, um, you know uh, that uh, two out uh, two strike uh, uh, hit that uh, drove in the tying run, and uh, it was the pitch I'm sure that uh, um, you know that Lawrence would like to have back oh, again. Yeah. But uh, it was one of those experiences, as uh, uh, Bud mentioned after the game, that. Uh, that uh, Justin will learn uh, from, and uh, it just—it's unfortunate that uh, um, that it happened last night in that situation. But it—it uh, it will serve Justin, I'm sure, in the long term. And then, of course, then in the in the tenth inning, the uh, you know the floodgates opened oh, yeah. uh, against Del Monte uh, when you had you know um, two pitchers that uh, the Rockies had used the night before, and in Kenley and Bard that uh, you know were not available to, to have him pitched the night before. So. Uh, it was just a very difficult uh, situation, uh, another blown opportunity for the Rockies to to uh, win a game late. And, and Noah, one thing you and I have talked about so much is that there's there's always been this this surge uh, that let the kids play in in Colorado. You know, let let them give a shot. And we saw last night the kids got to play. You know, so you saw Lawrence get out there in a very stressful situation. And was really one pitch away from getting out of it, and, and everybody going home happy, or at least watching fireworks happy. Uh, but you know, the O2 pitch that Diaz drilled for the game-winning homer on Thursday night. Well, the Cardinals got some sweet revenge with a two-strike pitch that they turned into the game winner on Friday. Yeah, and I've, for example, in Milwaukee, I was there in Milwaukee, and there was a beat writer for the Brewers who was been with them for forever uh, i won't say his name though and it was i believe it was in the seventh inning stretch of the first game rockies were up four nothing john gray had went five innings shasin had gone an inning and he started writing his story and he came over to thomas harding and i 
and said, it's amazing how uh, the Brewers should have won this game, but now they're down for nothing. And I immediately told him, I said, don't write your story because the Rockies bullpen is coming. (laughs) And he was like, huh? And like, yeah, uh, just watch it. Don't, don't even start your story yet. Sure enough. Bottom of the seventh, Kinley gives up a run. Uh, I forget who came in in the eighth, but they gave up another run. They gave up two in the ninth to tie it. And then the um, Brewers won it in the 11th inning. And then he came up to me the next day and he said, you know, you know your team because that bullpen looked awful. And then on Saturday, they blew it again as well. And (laughs) he said, that's amazing because the Brewers have Josh Hader and he's got an ERA consistently under two. And he was like, yeah, that's why he's worth his weight in gold because mm-hmm. he's uh, most teams don't have that lockdown guy and the Rockies don't right now. And I've, I told him like, yeah, it's the thing is too. And I had an article about it probably about a month ago. I'm like, this is better than they were. At the start of the year, they yeah. had an ERA at the, uh, six at the start of the year. Now, at least in those three games there in Milwaukee, they had an ERA of, I think, 1192. But unlike in the month of May and the month of June, it was like four and 475, 525, right around there in the two months. And I'm like, this is better than they were before. So, (laughs) and he was like, oh my gosh, it's brutal to watch that then. And like, and also too, part of it is the home Rockies and the road Rockies. One's a playoff team and one is the worst team in MLB history. And, you know, this week after they finish up with St. Louis and and part ways with Nolan, at least for a week, uh, they'll they'll head to Arizona, they'll head to San Diego, and then it's the all-star break. So they're going to have six games on the road before they come back to the all-star break. And then they face the Dodgers right after here at Coors. So what will those six games look like? Uh, you know, I know we're going to do a podcast later this week after the Arizona series to look at what happened, what, you know, by then we should know a lot more about the all-star game and everything else. But uh, I think these six games, it sounds silly, but I think they're really important for the rocks as far as trade deadline stuff, momentum for after the all-star break who's going to have what role after the all-star break i think these are some big six games i think that july to put it nicely based on what we've seen so far and with trade stuff likely happening it's going to be a bloodbath in july because after this series with the cardinals the rockies have five more home games in the month of july good point Three against the Dodgers, off day, two against the Mariners. And then they're on the road for the rest of the month. What could possibly go wrong, right? Only a 162 winning percentage, which (laughs) I'm told that apparently that's that's not good. We we did check the stats. So uh, we have to source our information. Yeah, we we do. We got to make sure we're giving the fans the right information. So. So, hey, let's wrap up this episode. Uh, Dwayne, any final thoughts on these Rockies here as we head into uh, the July 4th holiday? Well, I'd just kind of like to follow up on what you are just talking about as far as, uh, you know, the, the road trip that's coming up uh, next week and the importance of it. And I think 
though even before that, I think these final two games of the uh, the homestand against the Cardinals is uh, going to be very important, particularly to see how uh, the Rockies respond after basically giving away the game last night. Uh, you know, a chance, a great chance to win, a uh, chance to build momentum. You know, even possibly think about sweeping Cardinals uh, uh, on the homestand, and now uh, they're looking uh, at having split the first two games and yep. uh, two big games coming up with uh, Freeland to uh, pitch here on uh, Saturday night when and with Herman to uh, finish up on Sunday. Uh, I think it's really important that uh, the Rockies can can bounce back, um, you know, get some momentum that they can take with them on the road to uh, uh, a place where they could they could win some games against a team that's not playing very well yeah, at all in the D-backs. Yeah. So uh, uh, even though it's on the road, that's a, that's a team that uh, uh, the Rock, Rockies certainly, I think, are going to have a chance to go in there and, and do well against. And then if they can carry momentum from, from here to – uh, Arizona, and then take that with them on into uh, San Diego. Uh, they could really uh, finish yeah. off this first half of the season in style. All right, so I'll make a bold prediction here as we wrap up that uh, if Marquez does a great start on Sunday or a quality start on Sunday, I think he wraps up a spot on the All Star team. Uh, yeah. The, you know, I I'll, agree with you. Yeah. So Fourth of July, you know, and, and let's be honest, we're again we're doing this before Freeland takes them out on Saturday night after his hamstring tweak, injury, cramp, whatever we want to call it. You know, so is he going to look like Kyle Freeland for the last couple of starts or from the first few starts uh, tonight too? So yeah, be interesting to see that as well. So, by the way, to follow up on what you were saying, Dwayne, with the Diamondbacks of how bad of a team they are. In the month of May and the month of June combined, they were eight and forty-eight. That month of June, they were three and twenty-four. That is the worst record by any MLB team in a single month in MLB history. That's how bad of a team they are. (laughs) That's brutal. That is my God. Well, well, Arizona and Colorado meeting in the desert after the Fourth of July. The only thing hot could be the temperature outside. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Quite possibly. All right. Well, hey, for my friends and colleagues, Noah Yingling and Dwayne DePron, Kevin Henry of rockspile.com, signing off for this episode of the Rockspile Rockies Report. And as we always say, go Rockies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.